You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I am Steph and I have a guest here with me today to chat about a pretty fun topic. So before we dive into all of that, I am going to let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Hi, everybody, and thank you, Steph, so much for for letting me be here. My name is Julie Jancis. I'm the angel medium, and um, I uh, started hearing from uh, the angels through my dad, who had passed away, Um, and I was in front of a coworker when this all kind of occurred. It was like a month's worth of intensive, my dad coming through, me not knowing exactly what it was, and... um, and uh, happened to be in front of a person who was just so sweet about spiritual matters. And she goes, Julie, you are psychic and you have to figure this out. Like you have to study and figure this out. Um, So I did and created a podcast and it has been a whirlwind of just how fast everything has flourished and taken off. But it's just a testament to spirit because when you follow them, um, man, they just move mountains. Um, so my website is theangelmedium.com and, uh, I'm at angel podcast on social. Um, and then I have a podcast angels and awakening. And, uh, listeners, I will have all of those things linked in the show notes over at whichwednesdays.com. So you can find all of those things and more easily because you have Instagram and, and Facebook and TikTok and uh, you can use <laughs> <got> everything. <laughs> It's hard to keep up these days. There's so many places to just be. <laughs> so true. So I wanted to first touch on all of the different things that you offer because you also have a book coming out. Yeah, actually it came out. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's oh my called- gosh, it's so exciting. It is. It really is stuff. Um, so yeah, it's almost like an angel dictionary. Um, it's a, a 12 week course that walks you through. Um, a lot of people like it better to get like a physical copy instead of audible audible because I have it set up where, um, you know, the people that I was working with to publish the book, they're like, you know, you could make this two different books, like a workbook for people and like a regular book. And I go, I don't want to do that because I am so ADHD when I read books, I will not go and grab the workbook, even if I have it in my house to work on it. Right. So the book walks people through 12 weeks of really coming in to know everyone on your spirit team. And the way that you have to um, start with communication with your angels is really through what I call oneness. Um, We have so many different terms for this energy. Um, Some people call it Reiki. Some people call it, um, you know, force energy. It's this life force that once you're able to tap into it is like a radio station between you and the other side where then you can dial in to angels guides loved ones spirit on the other side and really learn to bring through messages um and then two-thirds of the book is walking you through who each of the angels are that i work with 
how they're working with you, what they want you to know, and then kind of created exercises at the end of each chapter with lines for you to write in the book um, for you to begin communicating with your angels just right there in the book. Oh, that's really helpful because that is a question that I get a lot is how do I even get started with contacting whoever my guides are. I feel like somebody is looking out for me, but I don't know um, how to find out who they are or how to contact them. So that's really nice that you have the workbook option in there. Yeah. And then at the end stuff, you get to the very end and I have it lined out where then we go back and we recap everything. And we're like, okay, because you took notes as you were going through the book, now we're going to say, here's everyone who's on my spirit team, angels, guides, and loved ones. And here's how they're working with me in my daily life. Here's the signs that they're showing me so that by the end of reading the book, you know, oh, when I see the cardinals every day, it's my dad. And when I see two cardinals, it's my dad and my grandma. And when I see 111, it is my angel Raziel coming through to show me this. Um, And when I see just flashes of light. It is the seraphim coming in. Um, So it really helps you break all of that information down. That way you hop back into your daily life and you start to really have a quicker communication because now you know who you're talking to and what the sign is. So you said you got started in all of this because your dad reached out. Yes. It's a fascinating story. (laughs) Well, I definitely want to, (laughs) I want to hear that. Um, I'm sure you don't know this, but my listeners do. I've mentioned on the podcast before that my dad passed away in November of 2020. Um, So that is a very interesting uh, story for me. I really want to hear how that happened for you and then where that sort of led you on your path. Okay, perfect. Um, So background information, kind of short synopsis here. Um, I love my dad so much, right? And like when I was really young, we were two peas in a pod. I just felt so similar to him, resonated with his energy. He was a philosopher, just really deep connection there. Um, We started to part ways when I was... think it was like third grade and fifth grade when I started to see him cheating, like catching him cheating on my mom. Um, And he would literally tell me it wasn't happening. And I'm like, dude, you know, like you can't, you can't tell me what I didn't see what I saw. Um, And I think in an order to just kind of survive and trust myself and continue to trust myself, I almost had to distance myself from him. Um, It was also kind of to protect my mom. So fast forward, you know, over the next 15 years, as I am going through my teens, my 20s, there are times that we try and reconnect. Again, I just love his energy, his spirituality, but every time I would connect with him, he's always cheating on whoever he's with and I just can't handle it. So um, he... He met my daughter once, and that was the last time that we spoke, Um, and I ended up getting a call years later. Well, let let me back up here a little bit. He passed August 5th of 2015, and I didn't know because he was on his third wife at the time, and I'm sitting there combing my daughter's hair before school, and I hear this thought. She needs a hairbrush like I used. 
And I am totally baffled by this internal dialogue that is saying this to me within because I'm like, what is happening in my mind here? The only hairbrush I've ever used is this big old paddle brush. So the rest of the month, all of August, I continue to hear this voice within me say, she needs a hairbrush like I used every single time I'm brushing my kiddo's hair. And fast forward to about September 5th, 20. 15. I'm at work, um, work in a very professional setting, fundraising with some of the wealthiest people in Illinois. And um, I'm in a meeting with a colleague and my mom, my sorry, my sister calls and she goes, dad's passed. And I, you know, that feeling when you hear that somebody's passed and it's like a train has just hit you, it knocks the wind out of you. And yet the only thing that I can see through my mind's eye is my dad brushing my hair as a kid in a bathroom I hadn't remembered in um, using his hairbrush, which I hadn't remembered. And it was this wooden handle brush with these boar's bristles. And he goes, she needs a hairbrush like I used. And I go, holy shit. Can I say that? Can I swear on here? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, holy shit, my dad's been talking to me all month. Now, mind you, I had thought I was going crazy this month. Um, and I was like, can't tell my husband about this. Can't tell my mom. Like, I don't want to be locked up, right? right. Um, and my coworker in front of me, God love her. Thank God she said this. And thank God Spirit set it up the way that they did. Because she goes, she wouldn't leave it alone. Like you have to figure out how you're communicating with. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't. And she's like, yes, for me, you have to figure this out. So now I started studying with, you know, teachers on every coast and figuring out how this is happening, um, studying with uh, just some incredible mediums um, and learning how to do this work and then realizing that this had been with me my entire life. I just never knew that other people don't have this within their heads. Like, like they don't, they don't hear this, um, uh, or they don't know what their intuition sounds like versus their egoic mind within them. And so that's it. Like, that's how I came into this work. Wow. That is, that's a crazy story. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I love that. And yeah. how interesting that everything sort of then clicked and started to make sense to you. It's nice, it's nice to know that you're not crazy. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? It's wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I imagine that a lot of people feel similarly that maybe they have heard things like this and thought that they, they were crazy because we are kind of taught that that stuff's not real or to shut off that side of us. And we were, you know, in the spiritual community, we really have to try like work on that to bring that back and to get back in touch with our intuition. Oh, you're so right. Like this entire week I have been, um, working on 
creating a presentation that I'm giving tomorrow in a workshop about the survival guide of, of being an empath. And I've just been allowing the angels to channel through what they need people to know. And the biggest thing that they've been saying is like, you have to go back. Like everyone listening has to go back um, to when they were a little kid and recognize that you were born into your soul's energy. You were born as an empath. You were born having abilities. You were born as an intuitive. And then the world, this world does not create a safe space. In fact, it really robs us of the intuition, empathy, um, and our natural gifts because they, they kick it out of us very early on. And what Spirit was showing me this week is um, it really within empaths and intuitives and, and a lot are both, um, makes us feel that there isn't a safe space for us. So we begin as children to not trust ourselves, to not trust our intuition, to actually tune away from the intuition because other people are kind of making it out to be bad. And then all of us kind of go through this phase of, all right, well, I'm just going to do the shoulds. I'm just going to do what society wants for me. And we come back to fuck this shit. Everything that society is telling me to do is absolutely wrong. I should have been listening to my gut the entire time. And then we come back into spirituality um, through many different routes. Um, and there's no dogma there, just love. And we start to re-embrace our empathy. We start to re-embrace this intuition within us. And um, I got to tell you, I I'm just feeling called to say this to your audience. The seraphim angels really started to come in with a new energy in this world in 2011. And so many, um, you know, they say that there's going to be, let's say, 14 waves of healers within our lifetime. And we're only on um, like the third or fourth wave. And they said to tell your audience that if people are starting to want to come into this or be healers themselves, what they need to know is the waves of healers that are coming up now, those who are feeling called, there are so many of them, a very high percentage who are teachers because we have to prepare ourselves that in this lifetime, there's going to be so many more waves of healers coming up. And we right now, as those who are are getting started in this business. I've been working in this for seven years, but if you're just getting started, you're really on the cusp of a huge um, epiphany, a huge shift that's going to happen in this lifetime. And many of you listening are teachers. That's a great message. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Yay. <laughs> well, speaking of healers and health, I want to talk about spiritual health, yeah. um, because I know that that is something that you care very deeply about as well, um, because it's not something that we, we think about. It's not as big of a focus for people as say physical health. A lot of mm -hmm. emphasis, you know, right now is pl placed on exercising and what that can do in walking, what it can do for your physical body, but spiritual health is really, um, just as important as that. And it's just a big as big of a part, or it should be as big of a part of your life um, as the other things. So how, 
would somebody who is new to this and maybe new to trying to tap into their intuition and trusting themselves, how can they start on their spiritual health journey? Yeah. Um, is it okay for me to talk about some of my programs? Oh yeah. I want to hear all about that. Cause I know you do offer quite a lot in addition to your book. So yes, I want to hear all about your programs. <laughs> so, um, I'm a channeler, right? Like when spirit wants to bring something in, I'm just sitting back. And I've always said since I was a little girl, like God just worked through me. And I don't believe you have to say God, you know, God, universe, source, call it whatever you want. It's all the same energy. Um, what happened was I felt very, very alone as I went through my spiritual awakening, as I came into my intuition, as I learned how to be an empath in this world. And I didn't have a large community around me. I didn't have a lot of support. I didn't have friends or family members that I could talk about it with. In fact, I grew up in a very religious family where um, when I told my mom that I, I didn't tell her I was a psychic, I wasn't going to go there. But I go, you know, I'm doing this thing with Reiki and she goes, um, so I know I'm going to heaven and I want you to go to heaven too. And every month, like on the first of the month, I would get a call. I know I'm going to heaven and I want, and I'm like, mom, I am working with God every single day. I am helping people heal. I am working um, as a bridge between the other side and here. I know what heaven is. And I know that all of us go there after our karmic life review. And I'm like, I'm good. Um, <laughs> so what happened was uh, the angels came in and said it didn't have to be that way, right? Like I, um, the angels wanted to channel through me communities where different groups of people could come together and really learn where all of the information too was in one space. So I created two different programs that help people do that. There's my angel membership that walks you through an entire year's worth of coursework of unfolding and opening to your intuition, becoming an empath. Um, there's hundreds of hours of, of videos and meditations and healings that you can walk through, but it's all set up within this first year where you can just listen to um, a teaching video every week and really just grow and flourish and have this private community to go through and experience this with. Um, and with that, I didn't want people to feel alone as they were going through it. So we also created live events where you can check in with small groups. Um, and there's live events almost once a week through that. Um, and we've just had so much great success with people saying they're like, Julie, I was reading all the books. I was watching all these YouTube videos. And then I found this and I was like, I, every it's like a library. Everything's in one space and it's all lined out. Do this, then this. Um, there's also the angel Reiki school. So that is for people who or feel called, feel this pull within themselves, within their energy or heart to be a healer. And it teaches you how to be a healer. And the reason that the angels channeled this through me is I was going to these really huge conferences with huge name healers. Um, and it was 
something where I counted one person said to 35 people in the audience, you should not be a healer. And I was like, what? I was so taken aback by this guy's approach because what you have to understand about the healing world and becoming a healer is that a lot of people's method of teaching and even in Reiki is very, very strict. You have to do this, then you have to do this, and you can't do this. You have to do it this way. And for anybody who is ADHD, um, not neurotypical like I am, what you know is that that doesn't work for you. And B, spirit is coming in right now um, like I said before, the seraphim started coming in in 2011 saying, we have to do things differently. What was working in the old realm of energy is not working in this new realm of energy anymore. We have to shake things up. And so what they want people to know is that you have a multitude of different gifts. I was going to workshops five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, where they would look at you, Steph, and be like, okay, what's your Claire? You're either clairaudient, clairsentient, clairvoyant, clairsentient. I forget. I messed that one up. But what I'm trying to say is the angels are like, no, you have all of them. It works together as this telepathic communication between you and the other side. And so the Angel Reiki School allows you to develop all of your spiritual gifts in a safe space with other people who are going through this with you. And I'm really about collaboration. So the other experience that I had as I was becoming a healer is the teacher that I taught with, gosh, I forget it was five, six, seven months in person. Um, very, very nice as I was going through it. And then the last day when I graduated, she's literally holding on to my certificate and I start to grab the other side of the certificate to take it. And she's not letting go. And I look up at her eyes and she says to me, um, I'm the only one that teaches in this, in this like area. Um, I want you to promise me that you're not going to teach in this area um, before I hand you your certificate. And I just felt just so let down in that moment. And what spirit always says and the angels say is that all boats rise with the tide. So with this angel um, Reiki school, once you go through the program, there's um you can become an angel member and and as you go through that we have a monthly meeting with just people who have gone through the angel reiki school as graduates um in order to help continue as a collective of healers to help you grow and succeed because i want everybody who works with me to just flourish right i mean that's how we're going to reach so many different people myself, I can only reach so many, but if I teach you how to do it, if I teach a network of healers and then they teach other people and then they reach out to other people, spirit says we could reach a billion people in this lifetime. And, um, that's what I want. I want all boats to rise with the tide and all healers to just flourish. Um, and so those are the two big programs that I have. And, and that's my mission in life. And I love that because I think it's really important. This community is, tends to be small to begin with. 
and something that society is is starting to turn around and accept, but um, to have a safe space to to grow and to meet like-minded individuals, I think is really important. And I think it's really important to have teachers who are willing to bring others up with them and mm-hmm. not sort of gatekeep that and tell people that they're you know not good enough or going down the wrong path or they shouldn't be healers. Like if you're called to it, then, then you know that is what you should be doing. So somebody else should not be telling you that no, you shouldn't be that's crazy to me. No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I even had one person come in this year and every time I would be on one of the live group calls with her spirits, like you and her are going to start this podcast for kids. She's going to help you start this podcast. You're going to help her like grow as a healer and and she's going to help you start this. And I was like, okay, okay. already. We'll start the podcast for kids. Um, and so we're working on that now, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no reason not to, it's, it's really us getting out of our own way and being like, God, universe, source, I am just a tool you can work through. Use me, show me the way. And, and there are times in your life where you're like, uh, I feel like I'm not hearing anything. What do you want me to do? And then I'll hear chill, relax, because <laughs> a huge wave of a surge of what we want to do is coming. This is your time to decompress and like really recharge. Um, so we have to remember that too. <laughs> yeah, that that is very true. There are seasons of rest and it's okay. Yes. <laughs> Take advantage of those. Yes. Which sort of leads me into my next question. Um, Something that I ask every guest is to talk a little bit about what your day-to-day life looks like in terms of what you do um, with your work included, what your sort of spiritual life looks like. And knowing that um, there are periods of rest and you don't have to do something every single day, you don't have to practice every single day, but what are some things that you do semi-regularly in your day-to-day life? Sure. And I'm going to add in one more thing because, um, so my day today, uh, I get up and I really honor, um, my energy just after like a beautiful night's sleep. You know, they say, Julia Cameron says that the first 45 minutes after you wake up is when you're most naturally attuned to spirits messages for you. So I use that time in that space to either do some automatic writing. Um, sometimes, uh, like I just got to interview somebody that I was really excited about interviewing for the podcast and I had some nervous energy about it. So um, that morning I woke up and I just cleared space for that future day. It was going to be like two days from then. I was like clearing the energy, right, of the next couple of days to remove that nervousness, remove anything that wasn't serving me. And so I actually in the morning use that time to either do some automatic writing or do some energy clearing on myself, my space, um, and what's coming up for me. And then I really hop into my day. Um, I'll check my emails. I either, even though my assistant does that as well, I want to keep an eye on what's happening with my business. Um, you know, what, um, what's happening with my clients and what they're kind of emailing in on. Um, And then I go into my to-do list and I have read so many books on business success and I won't bore you with the statistics, but basically one of the biggest tools that even CEOs to this day use um, is 
looking at what's the six things that you have to accomplish in that day to be like, what are your top six to do items? Everything else can drop off. So every night before I go to bed, I make sure that I have those six things listed out because with my ADHD, it helps me focus in on those six things. Um, and I really try and be done with my day. So I get started pretty early. I wake up at six. Um, by the time that I'm done with my energy piece for myself, it's about seven. Um, I'll hop into emails. I'll get my daughter ready for school, get work done, get those six things done during the day. But then I like to be done by 3.30 when she's coming home from school uh, so that I can really be present with her present to help her with whatever she needs or take her wherever she needs to go for practices. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of it. And sometimes I do events at night and for my angel members or events on the weekends for my angel Reiki school. And, um, I try and keep my weekends and nights, uh, you know, free for family time, but there's little things that creep in here and there, and that's all right. Um, but the one thing that the angels wanted me to say here too, is I really got so much better with what I do day to day when they taught me to keep a bigger picture bird's eye view on my year. So I felt like as a mom and as a business owner, I was trying to so hard to find this balance in my day to day. And the angels kept whispering, balance doesn't come in the day to day for women in this point in time. Balance comes in a year. So my year looks like my summer is lighter. I keep it lighter, um, meaning I'm not doing as much. So I have more time for my daughter when she's off school. Um, my fall is super heavy. My spring is super heavy with just like doing a ton of, of different work. But December, I really honor the space of um, letting it be just a month of more ease. And that really shifted so much for me stuff because I felt like I could start to relax and that I didn't have to have this kind of hyper focus on finding balance in my day, but I find flow in my year. Does that make sense? It does. And that is such a great way to look at it and an interesting message because that's something that I come across a lot when listeners submit their questions, especially ones with kids always ask, how do you balance everything? And the truth is there is, that's right. There is no balance in the day to day because there is something one day, it, if your kid is sick, that's going to take precedence over anything else that any other part that's going on in your life. So that's looking at it from a year's overview is a really interesting um, stance on that. I like that a lot, actually. Yay. <laughs> and my energy ebbs and flows with the year as well. Um, I personally find that I have more energy for the witchcraft side of things in the winter months. I am, I'm a total winter baby and I love the snow and I just come alive. And then in the summer when it's really hot, I am so low energy and I don't want to be outside. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be in the sun. Um, and I just do so much less in the summer months. Um, so I think that you know, it works similarly for me, just how my energy works along the year timeline like that. Yeah. And then just allowing that, you know, like honoring that within yourself is so beautiful because then you're not pushing yourself to be productive in the summer. You're just like planning for it, allowing yourself to have flow. 
yeah, flow is a very good, good word for that. Um, but it's nice to hear that as well, because I don't have children myself. And that is something that listeners ask about a lot is, but what about incorporating my kids in this? Do you do anything with your daughter to incorporate her, to help her grow her intuition? Because kids are naturally much better at it than we are. Um, as (laughs) yes. Well, first off, I think the biggest thing that I have done since she was little is just creating a safe space for her, um, to really be herself and not pushing her. Like I felt pushed as a kid, right? Like, Oh, you have to hang out with this person or you like have to continue with soccer. If you really don't like it, I, really um, in my everyday with her, really encourage her to tune into her own intuition and ask her to tell me what it is that her energy wants, right? And what, what spirit is bringing into her. And then I trust her on it. And I think that that's super huge. Um, I kind of chuckle a little bit at the question because it's a big one for me. She is a superstar healer. Like I know she is going to do amazing work in this lifetime. Oh, There's that's healers. Sweet. Yes. Um, but at the same time, and I, I don't know if some of your fellow like listeners can resonate with this. Every child has to, it's like biological that they have to cut the cord per se as teenagers and distance themselves from us as adults. And I'm already starting to see that happen, even though she's 11 and spirits like, just let it be like, just let her go in the direction that she wants to go. Because I know she's going to take the tools that I give her about intuition, empathy, energy, healing, talking with the other side, but she's going to use it how she needs to use it. And so the best thing that I can do as a mom is completely step back and like, give her the tools, give her the tools, uh, the skills, and then just let her flourish and run in the direction that she needs to go in. Um, I've asked her if she wanted to be a part of this kids podcast that I'm starting. And she's like, no. And I just had to step back and be cool with it. (laughs) Which is definitely hard as a parent, but the ideal way to go, I think, um, you know, you always try the goal is to always try to do better than the generation before you. And I think that a lot of us who were raised in more religiously strict households um, have come to that realization a lot quicker than some others (laughs) that, (laughs) you know, it's good to be open and not push them into something because I was definitely pushed into Catholicism and I ran completely the other direction. And maybe I wouldn't have if I wasn't pushed so hard. Yeah, 100%. Um, Well, it's kind of funny, right? Because the way that you, uh, the way that I teach my students to differentiate between their intuition and their egoic mind is that the egoic mind comes in with a lot of of forceful emotion, right? Making you feel like if you don't do this, you're bad or, you know, guilty about this, that, and the other. Um, Communication with the other side isn't like that. It's really like they serve up to you on a silver platter information and there's no emotion attached to it because that emotion would influence your free will. And so they just kind of are there and it's not that they're going to let it go. Like they're going to keep bringing that idea back to you over and over again, but they're not going to push you. And that's the same philosophy that I take with my kiddo is like, I'm going to offer information up like spirit does to me and not have any emotion behind it and just let them take and choose what she wants to. 
That's, and I imagine that your kid's podcast is going to be similar. Yeah. Offering up the information and, and you kids take what you need. Yes. Yes. But I think that that is going to be so incredibly fun because, um, we get email after email from people who are like my kids seeing this or, um, you know, my, my grandfather passed away and my kid told me this, that my grandfather brought through and he's spot on. How does he know this? Um, and actually we moved into a last, uh, a new house last summer and my, my daughter comes up to me and she's so intuitive. She goes, um, there's a woman in this house. And I go, yeah. Um, the last owner, uh, she passed away. She passed away from cancer and she goes, yeah, she's really nice. You know, she doesn't do anything scary. She's not. And and I was like, damn girl, you got some (laughs) gifts. I can't wait to help you develop these because you're spot on. She like, she knew she was saying things that there's no way she could have known it. Yeah. Kids are just so much better at that than, Mm -hmm. than we are. Absolutely. Well, I I am excited for your uh, kids podcast to come out. So I'm going to keep an eye out for that. And definitely I will uh, let my listeners know when that is ready. Cause I get questions. That's probably in the top five questions that I get is about kids and and introducing kids to um, this sort of more new age spirituality and witchcraft and all of those things. So like, how do I, you know, help my kid along? So podcast is going to be great. That's awesome. Yeah. It'll start January 1st of, um, 2023. Oh, that's very exciting for you. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up and I let you go, the last question I always like to ask is if you could offer one piece of advice to a total beginner, whether that is beginner to, you know, Reiki to beginner to tapping into their intuition, talking Mm -hmm. to angels, whatever it is, what is your one piece of advice for a beginner? to trust yourself because you've had it all along and it's not new information. You might need tools. You might need people to help you along your path. You might need to develop some skills, but it's a returning to you. It's a returning to your spirit. It's a returning to your essence. And as you go through that, it's just learning to become more and more true to yourself. And so that's where I would start. Just be true to yourself. That is beautiful advice. Thank you. And a great note to end on. Julie, thank you so much for being here and for sharing everything that you have to offer and all of your knowledge that you have and your your story. I love your background story to how you got to where you are. That is so interesting to me. So thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing all of that. Oh, thank you so much, Steph. You're such a, a beautiful soul in this world. Thank you for all the work that you do. We appreciate you having, having you here and listeners, I will have everything that we talked about linked over at witchwednesdays.com so you can find it easily and you can go listen to Julie on her own podcast and reach out to her if you have any additional questions, but that is everything that I have for this week. I will see you next week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.